0: Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of Breaking Down the Doors. I'm Vanderbilt beat writer Adam Sparks, along with former Vandy beat writer Mike Morgan. We've got a good one today. Uh, we're talking directly to first-year Vanderbilt Chancellor Daniel Deermeyer and first-year Athletics Director Candice Lee about the big topics that both intrigue and sometimes frustrate Vandy fans: search for a new football coach, fundraising, facilities. And generally, just the place of athletics is a priority within the university. Vandy was very open, very transparent, very accessible, and giving the Tennessean access to both Dear Meyer and Candace Lee for a Zoom call this week. And the clips in this podcast are going to be from that access. Again, we want to thank Vandy, Communications, Candace, and the Chancellor for giving us that time. I want to preface this episode by saying we're not going to cover every topic from that Zoom call in this podcast. I want to leave a little room for our own coverage elsewhere in the Tennessean and Tennessean.com, especially a column that Gentry Estes is going to have, and maybe some other things that I'm going to write. But we're going to hit some of the big topics. Uh, but the format we're going to follow in this episode is that Mike and I are going to play a clip from mostly Daniel Deermeyer, but a little bit from Candace Lee, and then we're going to react and discuss um, that clip. More Deermeyer than Candace on this episode. We don't get that much access to the We Get more from from the athletics director. So let me just start it off with this. And this is not one of our three topics, but I think it's, uh, it's pretty pertinent to our conversation. Does Daniel Deermeyer, the new chancellor, care about sports? That was a question that our own Tommy Dees asked in this Zoom call. And uh, I, thought, I thought the answer from Diermeier was pretty, uh, uh, was pretty telling. If people don't know, his background is at Stanford and Northwestern and also, more recently, University of Chicago, he's of german descent so you'll see that you'll hear that in the accent he's a big soccer fan so uh chancellor do you care about sports here was his answer
1: okay so i grew up like you know with the with soccer that was my first passion and um i i remember to this day the 1974 final between germany and the netherlands 1974 2 to 1 and uh and so that's what I grew up with. And, you know, I'm still passionate about that. And I, you know, watch the Bundesliga and the premier league and, you know, national team, but I have been, so my, my, one of my very first um, experiences coming to this country was to um, see the, uh, the 1980 Yale game one world series between the Dodgers and the Oakland A's with like uh, Kirk Gibson's ninth inning home run. and, I saw it was the first baseball game I've ever seen. Was well, so I started in eighth inning, and so this is pretty cool. And then I was at USC during the uh, their their run for the national championship when the the battle was between Troy Aikman and Rodney Pete, and so the big had been USC UCLA. And then um, and then we were beaten by Notre Dame in the last game. So I went to all the games in the Coliseum, and I could see what college athletics can do for for a community, for a college community. So i've been I've been you know, I've been watching football since then. I watched basketball, I watched baseball, I took my boys to the by to the two thousand five, the White Sox World Series, game one, Roger Clemens, you know pitching for for Houston. and we also went to hockey. We you know we like we love watching the Blackhawks, I know that's all different now. And uh, you know, I saw them game one of the you know when they when they beat Philadelphia in a, in a fantastic game. So I'm my interests are broad, but I would also I'm the kind of kid. You also would watch, you know, the 50 kilometers cross-country Olympic race, okay? That's the, or like weightlifting at 2 a.m. That's the, that's, that's kind of, those are fond memories of mine. And so my, it's broad and, um, and I'm, and I love it. And I think what it does, you know, the reason we love it is because it exemplifies the same values that we, that we value in life, Mm -hmm. you know, hard work, dedication, not giving up teamwork and uh, I think that's why we're so passionate about that. And that's why I think it, 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 if it's done right, it can be a great, um, important component um, of a university as well. All right. So
0: I'm going to have to say that's not exactly the answer that I would have expected from, uh, from Nick Zeppos, the, the previous chancellor. Uh, nothing against Zeppos. You don't, you don't have to be a sports fan to be a chancellor of a, of a major university, but you never got the feel from Zeppos that he – you know, could mention Rodney Pete and Kirk Gibson and, uh, and a World Cup match from 1974, uh, all, in the same, all in the same breath, but Diermeyer did there. So that's just a little fun clip. I thought it was pretty neat. Let's get to the three topics. All right, so topic number one, Mike, who's running the coaching search uh, for the next football coach at Vanderbilt? By the way, we're still in the middle of the coaching search. Jamie Chadwell's been pitched out there as a possible leading candidate. I think there are some NCAA issues, NCAA issues that Vandy's going to have to comb through in his past. Will Healy at Charlotte. I think Will Healy takes the job if he's offered it. We'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, I think he'd be a pretty good candidate. Clark Lee, we've talked about, has strong ties to Vanderbilt. as a former player now at Notre Dame. We'll see what the pull is for him to come back to Nashville. And there's a lot of other candidates we've, we've gone over in the previous episode. But, Mike, let me throw this at you in who's running the coaching search. In the past, when you covered Vanderbilt, who ran the searches for, for coaches, football, basketball, whatever?
2: Well, the athletics director always made a pretense that it was his his gig. He was doing it on his own. He would, uh, when he decided upon a uh, a candidate, he would run it past the uh, chancellor, but then he would work closely with the chancellor throughout the search to where he didn't surprise the chancellor with a candidate. And by the time he got to where he was ready to run a a candidate by him, uh, the chancellor would already know who it was going to be. So every athletics director that I've ever dealt with, uh, going all the way back to uh, Roy Kramer, has always said that he was the one that was doing it. Now, some had, had appointed a committee. And they had always emphasized the fact that they had appointed the committee and that they wanted to do that just to get a little bit of help. This was before the uh, days of uh, uh, search firms. And um, so uh, but it was always these are just people to help me reach out and it will still be ultimately my decision. Now, what I've always believed is and and know for a fact that it has not always been the uh, athletic directors uh, uh, call In, in many instances, it was uh, the board, the few Board of Trust members who had an interest in athletics, which usually ranged from about three to five on the entire Board of Trust. Going back to Ken Roberts, John Hall, John Rich, John Ingram, um, Bronson Ingram, some of those guys, they were interested in athletics. Uh, Bronson Ingram, John Rich, both were uh, the head of the, the board, so they carried the most weight. Uh, the athletics director could say what he wanted to say, but the bottom line is he didn't do anything without their approval. Those were big money guys that would threaten to pull their money out if, uh, uh, if, uh, if the right coach wasn't hired or a coach that they didn't agree with.
0: All right, so that's the past of Vandy Coaching searches. This is the present. We asked a question to AD Candace Lee and Chancellor Daniel Deermeyer. So this is a double clip with both of them speaking. Here's how they answer the question: Who chooses the coach?
3: So, I, so Adam, you know, we for this particular search, we are utilizing the assistance of a search firm, and the role of the firm, uh, the firm does not run the search. Um, we very much are in control of the search, but um, I, I, we consider them um, basically additional hands on deck to facilitate logistics. <clears throat> And to assist with the vetting process, so we we are also respond. I mean, we're responsible for all parts of the search. But um, when you're doing something of this magnitude, having some additional resources, um, I think is just prudent and um, just helpful as we find our next leader. In terms of who's running the search, um, Chancellor Deermeyer and myself are running the search, and. And, and as we said from the beginning, I mean, I when we talked about this last week, you know, in making the decision to part ways with Coach Mason, I felt very confident with uh, having the support and the leadership of our chancellor, and just knowing that there's a partner there, and that has continued throughout this process. So that's been, um, from my perspective, that's been the way we've operated since day one. So this is no different.
1: Let me add one one thing to Ms. exactly Couldn't agree more, and. You know, when when um, when we appointed, you know, Candice, um, what I wanted to make sure is that there was no daylight between between the the um, uh, between her and the chancellor, and uh, that's what that's how we've operated, and that's exactly how we're handling the search right, right now.
0: So I thought it was interesting there, Candace, just answering exactly what the the function of the search firm is. You and I talked about this last <laughs> week, and and my take was it's a it's a vetting process. It's more for background checks. The Vanderbilt brings the candidates to the search firm to vet not the other way around and she sort of reiterated that there the the you know Daniel Diermeier saying that there's no daylight between Candace uh and and him the chancellor I think that's interesting because you're always going to disagree to to some extent uh you know there was even a follow-up question that we had in uh in the zoom call that we don't have to I'm not going to play the clip of it here but it was sort of Diermeier was asked about, well, who has the final say if you disagree? And he sort of joked that uh, that he and Candace see the world exactly the same. So there's no room for disagreement. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> think that's quite accurate.
2: Two individuals that have just been randomly thrown together in the past year happen to see eye to eye on everything. Yeah, that's kind of hard to believe.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair that, uh, you know, John Ingram obviously is in this to some extent. And you'd be silly not to have your your major athletics booster in there. Um, I think Tim Corbin has a little bit of a voice in this, not as a guy that's going to pick the football coach. So I don't think people should get crazy over that because he's friends with Clark Lee, but just, just a voice in the room. There there's, you know, there's so much um, fogginess between is the AD picking the coach or somebody telling the AD Uh, who to pick there's nuance in that and I I think it's fair to say that Candace is not going to say this is my coach and I don't care what any of the rest of you think Uh, that's not going to happen but I also don't think she is going to be told who her coach is I think Candace Lee is going to is going to pick who she wants and maybe it's even a I'm I, I like these three coaches and then they're they're sifted through a little bit there. But I, I, I've said it before, and I've had doubters on social media elsewhere that tend to think that Candace Lee is just going to be served up a candidate. I don't I don't buy that. I, I think she's going to have a pretty heavy hand in this decision.
2: That very, very, very seldom happens at Vanderbilt. In fact, I can only think of once, maybe twice, twice. When it did happen, uh, Steve Sloan and Watson Brown are the only two that even came close to being candidates who were told who, to the who the chancellor was told this is who you're going to hire. But at, all, at the same time, it was the they, those two were candidates that the, the cha- that the uh, athletics director had no problem hiring. They were naturals. Uh, Steve Sloan was the hot coach uh, at the time. He was the coach that other schools wanted, so he was a, a natural. And Watson Brown was a hot coach at the time, considered an offensive genius at the time, and uh, was ready to come home. So they were kind of, to borrow basketball for a basketball phrase, slam dunks, uh, but those were the only two times that I can ever even remember a, uh, an athletics director being told, this is who you're going to hire.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's obviously a collaborative process in in vetting and searching and choosing the coach. But, I mean, th- there's also a practical element to this. The chancellor or the board of trust or John Ingram or whoever is not going to force a coach on Candace Lee that she doesn't want or doesn't want to work with. Daniel Deermeyer doesn't need the football coach you know, coming to him and saying, well, you know, Candace Lee didn't want me and I'm not working well with her. They, they need somebody that Candace Lee wants and is comfortable working with. So, um, so she's going to have a pretty heavy hand in making this decision because it just makes practical sense to have somebody that she, that she would prefer to work with. As topic one, topic two, what's the priority of athletics within the university's overall vision? And and Mike, give me a little bit of a background here. But we I think anybody listening to the podcast right now, especially Vandy, longtime Vandy fans, know that this that athletics has almost always been de-emphasized to some extent in the university. That the university is one thing and athletics is kind of pushed to the corner. What's the background of you covering Vandy and, and how past Vanderbilt administrations have viewed athletics within the scope of the whole university?
2: For many years it was the, the theory and the prevailing thought was that Kirkland Hall, uh, the academic uh, side of Vanderbilt, uh, did not want for Vanderbilt's uh, athletics to succeed. The more attention brought to athletics was seen as a slam on, on academics. Uh, Vanderbilt has always considered itself the Ivy League school of the South, Harvard the South, uh, an Ivy League type school. And the, to have a good football team, especially. Basketball was always okay, and then baseball came along and baseball was okay. But to have a good football team just was pretty much unacceptable by the academians at uh, at Vanderbilt. That theory was uh, finally confirmed to me when Jim Foster, the former women's basketball coach, was appointed interim athletics director, I guess after Paul Houlihan left to become the Sugar Bowl uh, chairman and jim was in that role for almost a year he he had that role while he was coaching through his basketball season and he told me i can't remember if it was during that role or right after when he went back to just coaching basketball that yes there there are people who made it clear to him that they did not want people at Vanderbilt that they they did not want athletics to succeed to any great degree. They they kind of like having a team, but they like for it not to be good so that it you know it doesn't take any of the focus away from academics. So that's where we've been. That further was confirmed when Todd Turner became the athletics director, and then after his term uh, came to an end, they just didn't have an athletics director. They just dissolved the position folded the uh, athletics department supposedly into the uh, grand scheme of things at the school and didn't think they needed an athletics director. So whether you came out and said it or not, that's what you were saying by your actions was that, you know, we, athletics here are just more of an barrel sport than anything else.
0: Yeah. One thing Daniel Deermeyer said, I know in our, in our interview, and uh, was uh, if I remember the, the, the quote, right. If, if he said, if done right, athletics and academics should reinforce each other, that they can kind of work hand in hand. We've heard a little bit of that rhetoric over the years, right? There's some standard answers that Vandy administrators say, you know, you can be great in, in the classroom and great on the field or court or, you know, whatever these tropes are, but uh, he, there, there's a little bit of subtlety. I want to see if our listeners can pick up in, in part of the answer that Daniel Deermeyer gave when we asked him what the priority of athletics is within the university. Here, here's the chancellor.
1: Yeah. So I, when we think about athletics, it's an important part of who we are as a university. Um, you know, we are we are in the SEC. We're competing at the highest level, and the standards that we have for athletics are not any different than the standards that we have for academics. So um, we wanna we wanna we, you know we have a we have a level of excellence as a university, and that applies. It certainly applies to athletics as well. And it applies to all aspects of athletics. It applies to, you know, men's basketball. It applies to women's soccer, where we just, you know, kind of won a nice SEC championship. It applies, and it applies to men's football. It applies to football. So what we have to ask ourselves is um, you had to, you know, take a good hard look at the program. And, you know, a variety of, in this particular case on football, do we have the right people in place? And then we have to ask ourselves, what are the types of investments we need to make in order to get the program where we want it to be? And that's those are the discussions that are going on right now. And of course, you know, the new coach would be part of that. But we're willing to make the investments to get us to a level where we are competitive at, um, where we are, you know, where we're competitive within the SEC. Um, that's an expectations we have for ourselves. and uh, And we're going to follow through on that.
0: Now, here's the subtlety. If you notice in that clip, he started off with I. I am not any different in seeking excellence in athletics, just as the same as economics or, or any of these departments. Okay, again, that's been said before by administrators. I mentioned that because all through this interview, I picked up on the fact that he kept saying I and my and me and mine. It was very personalized. That's a little different than I've heard from – Vandy administrators outside of athletics before, certainly chancellors. And again, not, not to not uh, chance, former Chancellor Zeppos, but you didn't usually hear that from him. It was they. It wasn't we as much. It was you and not I. It, th- there seems to be a little bit of a – dear Meyer seems to be personalizing this challenge a little bit he's kind of putting it under his umbrella again, nothing to do with Candace Lee. I just think he takes a pretty big interest in, in sports. And that's why I ran that initial clip in this episode about his interest in sports, because he seems to want to heighten expectations. And with that, I think he's, he's wanting to heighten standards. Now, now what that means in the, in the very near future is I think he's going to take more of a keen eye on athletics, but athletics, if, if, if he can give them the resources that they need, they're going to have to win. And so I think you could see maybe a quicker trigger with, with coaches, um, with what's done in athletics, than maybe has been the case in the past. Maybe that was some extent Derek Mason. Um, you know, he still had three years left in his contracts. So they paid a buyout. That's not really on brand for Vandy. But I do get this sense that Deermeyer is, is is really signaling that he he demands to win to some level in sports and it's not going to be really from a distance it's going to be pretty up close
2: I I found that uh, very interesting and that you picked up on that the I and uh, me instead of uh, we and they Uh, and what popped in my head as you were uh, explaining that was is there any chance in your mind that he hasn't been told okay pump the brakes a little bit there uh chancellor uh this is how we do it here it's not a you and it's not a uh you're not out there on a on an island yourself and i'm saying this would come from the uh board of trust and those uh whoever else would be above him which wouldn't be many but at least board of trust members could that is that something that concerns you that he's you know he's kind of talking uh, getting the horse a little bit ahead of the cart at this point uh by what he's saying and, and saying he plans to do,
0: I, I take it that he's a pretty big personality. I've met him in person now, I think a couple of times, very briefly, uh, when he would come by at football games this season. Uh, this was a thirty-minute pod uh, or thirty-minute Zoom call we had with him. I think he's a pretty big personality. I, I, I think if he wants to make athletics a priority, I don't think he's going to be dissuaded from that. Um, you know, I, I, I just get that feel may, may be proven wrong in a, in a year or two, but, but I, I, that's kind of my perspective of, of him. Um,
2: third topic. That will be, that will be revolutionary if, yeah. if, that, if that happens. <laughs> was, I, I mean, I'm not saying that you're, you're wrong. I'm saying, I'm hoping you're right. Uh, but that will be uh, a first, uh, and I hope that's the the case.
0: Now, as much as we build up the chancellor, we're gonna we're gonna pull him down to earth just a little bit on this third and last topic. Uh, what kind of facilities plan will be revealed or or executed? This has been you know this has been a topic for quite a while at Vandy and the master facilities plan and the different firms they've had to do audits of the facilities and you know you know what what's going to go on with facilities and this is what uh, Chancellor Deermeyer had to say.
1: I would say that what we're going to, so we have some, you know, I think we want to take a fresh look at that um, exactly, you know, what it is that, that, uh, that we want to do in that case. We haven't really decided yet whether this is going to be like, you know, tactically, whether this is a big splash or what do we want to do on those types of things. So I think the way, the way I would describe that is that we know the direction where we want to go. We're kind of, we've set the course. We need to have the right people on place in, in place. We need to have the right culture and we need to work on that. And then we need to make the investments in order to move that forward. Exactly what that looks like, that's going to be the work over the next few months.
0: So I'll have to say this is within the 30-minute uh, Zoom call that we had. This is probably the only time where I can say uh, I felt like Chancellor Deermeyer somewhat dodged the question. Um, I mean, he, he did give an answer, uh, gave a pretty extensive answer about facilities, but th- there, there was a dodge there. And, you know, he was pretty vague about what the timetable would be. And Vandy fans are used to hearing that. Um, You know, he said, it. you know, maybe a gradual rollout, maybe a big splash. They haven't decided that yet. I did think it was interesting sort of the chronology that he put on it. We're going to get the right people in place, he said. I think that's that's clearly a reference to a, a few people, but especially Tommy McClellan who was uh, recently hired as the deputy AD in charge of fundraising and facilities and some other external things. We got to get the right culture in place and we're working on that, he said. Um, And then we'll need to make the right investments. The chronology is important there, I think. It's, hey, we're getting the other things in place, then we're gonna get to the money side of that. Um, What that tells me is, uh, you know, there's a plan to, to get the fundraising but it's not there yet. Now, I will say he did say in the same zoom call that he complimented uh, Vanderbilt on being good stewards um, in that in the pandemic that Vandy was not hit uh, terribly hard and was pretty responsible with its resource and its resources and its money so that uh, that things were were not affected too much that there is money there that they're you know, there's maybe a nest egg that they, they can kickstart fundraising and then they can kind of go from there. But, you know, it's, I won't say it's a letdown, but it's a little bit of a half step back and saying that the you know, we're doing some things and then the investment is going to come. I don't think it should, you know, take the buzz off of any optimism with Vandy fans. But I think you've got to you've got to step back just a little bit when he uses um, uses phrases like he did Um pretty optimistic. Otherwise, I think the rhetoric is good, but I think the intent is probably better than Vandy has had in the past. This seems to be a chancellor that, uh, that wants to win in sports, uh, that wants to build facilities, what those are. We'll see. I do think somewhat, it depends on the football about what coach they hire and uh, and what, um, what leverage is used in the, in, in that hiring. If this is a coach on their, let's say on their a list, um, does that does that coach try to wield a little bit of his of his leverage to get something um, get something done or promise, certainly promised in in, in writing of what's going to happen with facilities. And we'll kind of see where that goes. So that was our conversation with Daniel Deermeyer and a little bit there with Candace Lee. Uh, we're going to be following up with this more um, throughout this next week. Look for Gentry Estes's column on this and on Tennessee and dot com. And I'll probably have some coverage as well. That does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcast. And drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Mike Oregon, I'm Adam Sparks. Thanks for listening.